rise up, young man. Rise up, young lady. You are not alone. No matter what you're going through, it is going to pass. You're gonna come out the other side. Keep shining. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of You Are Not Alone podcast by Mamba Inspire Brand. Like the title suggests, the purpose of this podcast is to help people out there who are going through unimaginable struggles know that they are not alone and believe that they will come out on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for giving us your time today. My name is Mamadou Balde. I'm your host. And today we have a very special guest with us, Amy Jan. Amazing friend. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank uh, you so much for giving us your time. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. I really am that uh, you think of me so highly. Um, and that I think of myself as highly. And I'm, I'm just, I just like that. Of course. We can agree on these things. Of course. <laughs> I feel like I sound arrogant, but not even to sound arrogant, just to sound like um, I think. Uh, you just you. When you're doing things the way you're supposed to do them, mm-hmm. uh, you'll you'll meet the right people, or mm-hmm. you'll 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 line up people, purposes. They they start to align, and so I'm grateful. Yes, ma'am. I heard one of my great mentors told me that if you are in a room where you are the smartest person in the Gotta room, leave. you need it's to change. You need to change rooms. <laughs> That's amazing. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, um, I think it's funny because you met me when I was in high school, and mm. before I got to, I think it was the year after I had a teacher who says anybody who still calls her Amy, I'm going to take points off your grade because wow. my name is pronounced Amy because. I was telling you my parents French or my dad's like, I'm gonna live with you when I'm old because you're my friend. But um yeah, just I, I like to be called Amy Jean, Amy Jean because I didn't I was nervous about my parents' accent. And I think that's a part of the reason why they didn't yeah. teach me our their mother their own mother tongue because they didn't want me to get made fun of. But mm-hmm. Amy Jean is my name. <laughs> um, that's me. And I am um, going into my fifth year at the University of Texas at Austin. Uh, I major in finance, I have a minor in African and African Diaspora Studies, mm-hmm. and um, I'm the student government vice president, mm-hmm. and just wow. a host of other things. I really um, love UT, the kind of love where you know it's a, uh, it's a good quote from James Baldwin. He said, um, love is a growing up, you know, love is, it does, wait, love does not always begin and end like we think it will. Love is a battle, love is a war, love is a growing up. So mm-hmm. I love UT and all of the, the different things. Of mm-hmm. course, that doesn't mean the school was just perfect for me and everything, but mm-hmm. um, I just learned so much about myself. Um, and I am looking forward to all of the new things I'm going to encounter and learn about myself in this coming year. That's amazing. That's amazing. So you decided to stay an extra year to be uh to run for pre- vice president here at UT. Yes. What, what was that unique thing that motivated you to, to do that? Okay, okay. And what were some challenges you faced along the way? Let's see, all right, bet, bet, bet. Originally, I was gonna graduate in December because I only have three more finance courses. Mm-hmm. But um, I, um, I wanna say we probably talked about this last time you and I spoke, mm. um, but at the end of 2018, I decided that it wasn't a bad thing to be the only person like me, mm-hmm. to not find anybody who, I, you know, it's like, I think I was telling you, I was Googling myself. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I'm looking being for- Being a unicorn. Uh, yeah, 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 being a unicorn, mm-hmm. right? And so I said, okay, 
And if I'm the only person like this, that means I'm the only person in my class, which also makes me the first in my class. You know, you can't compete where you can't compare. And since nobody can compare to me, then technically I've already won. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily the amount of things I've won or the amount of awards, but it's more so within. And when I decided that, I told myself in 2019, I'm going to try to do all the things that um, I told myself I couldn't do because mm -hmm. of MS. Mm -hmm. Or I'm just going to move with this energy of truly understanding my worth. Mm -hmm. It's like, and I feel like I go deeper into that the more and more I grow and learn. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I, th I thought I came to an understanding of, okay, I'm worth it. But then it's the part where um, the way I say it, I didn't say it confidently. Mm -hmm. I said it as, okay, and then I learned that, you know, I, I might be special. I might be where it's like, no, 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 this is definite. And you say unique. And I'm like, it's unique, but it's also universal. And I'm like, that's a contradiction on me. But it's like, no, everybody has those things within themselves that only they have because um, they are themselves, mm -hmm. nothing more to it. And so as soon as I really lean into that, mm -hmm. uh, as much struggle or pain or as much discomfort that it might come with, the more I leaned into it, the more I began to trust myself and just say, hey, why not? Mm -hmm. Because, um, you know, uh, like, no is not the end. Mm -hmm. and it, so, just, it may just mean on, carry yeah, on. Yeah, carry on. And not only just carry on, just be like, okay, this was not for you. So not being offended by every no. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, bet, let's go. So, because if I was offended by it, no, I would not have ran again because my freshman year, I lost um, the business rep that I was running mm -hmm. for, for student government. But, um, okay, the challenges that came about was um, I wasn't certain because mm -hmm. I believe in, like, life showing you signs. And mm -hmm. so I'm like, well, if this didn't work out the first time, even though in my stomach I felt like maybe who I was running with may not be exactly what was supposed to happen, I was like, okay, maybe it's not supposed to happen at all. Mm -hmm. I'm the kind of person who... <laughs> I feel embarrassed, but I have an internal locus of control, I think, is how you say it, to where sometimes I think if things were supposed to happen to me, they mm -hmm. would. Yeah. Versus if this is supposed to happen to me, I'm going to make sure that it happens. Mm -hmm. But I have a very internal one to be, I'm like, okay, I think my ducks will naturally swim in a row if they're supposed to be swimming <laughs> wow. in a row. I know, but because yeah. part of that, that's almost a contradiction to like my livelihood and my hard work and whatnot. But it's like some things that you think have a natural flow and mm -hmm. that's better. So I said, okay, I'm going to continue looking for a person. Um, the person I ended up asking mm -hmm. to help me find a partner, and I was like, I don't really care what I run as. I just know that before I leave UT, mm -hmm. um, because I feel so full and overflowing, mm -hmm. I think this would be a good opportunity to share those things that I've learned. So Vice President President, like, that's really over was my head. Anything? And that was Cameron. So Cameron mm -hmm. was looking for somebody for me at first. And then he's like, hey, I think I can run with you, actually, because I think our visions are actually pretty similar, mm -hmm. which wasn't a surprise because in the past we've had talked about things of this exact subject, but just at a different timing. Mm -hmm that was less relevant to me and so now I'm like okay just kidding let's do this let's go and um once he decided that I was like hey let's get it yeah. <laughs> was there anything you you wanted to change 
Um, no, not necessarily. At first, well, throughout. So, okay. So even before, once people found out that I might be running or was considering, or somebody asked me to be their partner, that was November. Mm -hmm. It's just a different social group than mm -hmm. what I'm used to because people are coming out to me. It's like, oh, I heard something about you. And I'm like, huh? First of all, why is my name in your mouth? If it's not only good things, you know, not only good things, because mm -hmm. it was good things. It was like, oh, why are you running with this person? Are you planning to run? If mm -hmm. you are going to run, or why are you doing it? Or are you doing it for clout? And I'm just like, first of all, who can't mind their own business today? Mm -hmm. um, and like, <laughs> this is strange. And so mm -hmm. that was my first encounter of just a different social mm -hmm. atmosphere where people are now finding things. Yeah, or one of my friends is like, oh, I heard you might do this if you do. Um, and they don't say run for student government president or vice president. Mm -hmm. They just say like, oh, you and I know what we're talking about. Reach out to me if you need any help. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? Even mm -hmm. though I'm like, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. So that was different. And so I'm like, oh, goodness. Like uh, not stomach hurting different, but like uneasiness. I see what you're saying. So I'm like, what else are y'all saying about me? I see what um, you're saying. I hope it's only good things because... I didn't even realize that this position was one that people mm -hmm. desired so heavily for personal benefit. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Because uh, I just want to change the world one day. <laughs> so yeah. I was for like, sure. uh, to see that something that was like, not a, not even a hobby, but like, um, like, oh, let's see if this could be the avenue that I could spend was like, oh, this avenue is actually what we've been planning for. Mm -hmm. Or this is, so that was making me nervous at first because technically we were late out of the gates for planning okay. and whatnot. And so I was like, okay. And then we were also busy. So our team trying to work from different locations um, wasn't like we had a meeting in January maybe, but technically by the time we were meeting other people, I already had this. Me, every time somebody brought up other people, I would just say, um, that's nice, but like, you can tell somebody else, not even out of disrespect or not even because I'm not concerned, but because they aren't me. And I'm like, I mean, bro, you sound like you just got a big head. I'm like, <laughs> no, it's not, it's not that. It's just that um, no matter what they do, mm -hmm. it doesn't have anything to do with me kind of <laughs> it's like at the end of the day of course oh, there's only one winner but yeah. it's like um why bother ourselves being so concerned with their plans i can never remember how the quote actually goes yeah. but it's you know the great people discuss ideas that's how the quote ends but yeah. it's like i don't feel like discussing other people or the things that other people are doing i just rather discuss yeah it's not my business mm -hmm. and so i'm like let's mind our own business and as the team came together it was um it was really nice, and Cameron's like, okay, so what's, what, do we, what do we need to require from people? And we're like, okay, they just need to do this. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing a hand motion, but mm -hmm. I'm like, this, this is a feeling. Uh, this is, and then we started, we, we just, and our team does this, too, like, do they have this? And I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm glad that you understand that this, I'm like, I wish you could see my hands, because my fists stay together, and I'm crossing them, kind of, but passionately, and my muscular movements, I guess, um, mm -hmm. because it's a feeling that's associated with so much more. So it's like, do they get the vision? Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, okay, guys, everybody sit around the table, did they get this? And it's yeah. just like, what was the, yes or no. What was the biggest no?
Uh, uh, the, the biggest the, no. The worst no you ever had. In life? In life. I'm not going to say MS, but like, um, it's more of an aggregate mm -hmm. when I realized that I wasn't that person. When I realized I couldn't be an investment banker. Why not? <laughs> no, because I didn't want to be. Oh, okay. Um, and which is, um, that's not a good example. I say that as the biggest no because it's a no within myself. Because mm -hmm. no matter how much, because not because I'm not smart enough, because that's obviously not the case. Because mm -hmm. I am me, I could do whatever I put my mind to. <laughs> yeah. um, but because it's, I don't think it was what I was born to do mm -hmm. or is what I meant to spend the majority of my time doing. Mm -hmm. um, but I told myself, I don't really care as long as I could, because it was all for money. Mm -hmm. I, as long as I'm making the money and I could, give it to my parents, give it to my younger sister, just be able to pay for things that I wasn't able to pay for in the past or that my family could afford. As long as I could be a financial avenue, I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. No plans in between, not even concerned about my own well-being or like how I'm supposed to grow, or what I'm supposed to accomplish for myself. Mm -hmm. Besides like, I mean, if you can get this degree, go make some money. That's all that really even matters. Mm -hmm. And to go up against that self, was a big, um, I'm, like, I'm dramatic because in my head I'm like, yeah, yeah, it was a total battle. But it, uh, I'm trying to like see what it would look like manifested if I could think mm -hmm. of a game. A game is coming to mind, but I'm like, this is silly. Not like Street Fighter or something, mm -hmm. but something to where it's like, oh, I'm fighting um, myself because this is obviously not what I believe I'm meant to do or feel like doing, mm -hmm. but telling myself no, it's so hard right now because this looks like the way to go because this see. is what everybody else can do. I see. So that would be my biggest no. It's like besides like the Gates Millennium Scholarship, that one hurt, <laughs> uh, but yeah. the, like, uh, the, the no that uh, seemed to count was yeah. having to tell myself this is not what I want to yeah. pursue. And that came at a point of your life, uh, you got diagnosed MS. Yeah. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that, uh, when when that news came and what, what point of your life you were in? Okay, so the point of my diagnosis, the confusing part about MS is that they, um, the only way to diagnose mm. is to tell you what you don't have. And I'm speeding up to the points in the hospital so even when I left the hospital, it was like, oh, we think that you have MS, but you got to go confirm with this neurologist, a specialist. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, those moments in the hospital were interesting. It's like, I didn't, now I call multiple sclerosis MS, but I did not know the two were the same thing. And mm -hmm. multiple sclerosis just sounds so ugly. So I'm like, I don't even know what this is, but I'm sure I'm going to die mm -hmm. soon. I remember I was in the hospital with a friend of mine, um, and I don't know what it was, but the doctor was, well, first of all, after I'm coming out of the MRI, the man on the computer, he's like, how long have you been living like this? And I'm like, oh shit, like, living like what? I don't even know, but I didn't tell him mm -hmm. anything. I'm just like, um, you know, I think it's like, I've noticed some of these symptoms the past three months. But I'm like, I'm rolling back to my room, I'm like, well, I'm not rolling. They're rolling me back to my room. <laughs> but in my head, I'm like, like this? What is this? What is this? Am I going to die? I'm going to get back to my room, and my friend is still there. And I'm like, okay, let's just cry because I think I'm going to die. Because um, this guy in the room asked me how long I've been living like this. I don't know what this is. And 
this might really suck. Like, thanks for bringing me. But I was like almost talking as if it was my end, kind of. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, we don't know what's going to happen after today, obviously, because of whatever this is. Um, but it's obviously going to shake things up. Yeah. And even at that moment, I was, I had like pain, but my pain was, um, What's it called? Is there sometimes and not at other times? It's not permanent. It's not permanent, but like um, fluctuating, yeah. fluctuating pain. So at this, I'm coming off most of the pain that I had when I first went to the emergency room, but I'm still confused because mm -hmm. I'm like, I actually kind of feel normal, so I should go home. So just this war within myself, like, am I gonna die or am I gonna go home and be okay? Um, and I think that that is almost even the expression of what it was like um, coming to that moment mm -hmm. to rewind and say, okay, back in December or back in, earlier that semester, my handwriting just completely changed. And I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, um, I was forgetting important things. Just a bunch of stuff, no obvious signs mm -hmm. that it was not me. So I was just blaming myself for a lot of things. I was like, well, I mean, it's cause you're not loving yourself. You're not taking care of yourself. What does it look like to make this different? blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I started getting pain in my left knee um, in that semester in November. Mm -hmm. If I track back like now, they'll be like, okay, what other signs have you seen when I did a pageant? I wasn't able to walk in hills like I typically was able to, mm -hmm. but I just said, oh, well, maybe it's because it's been a long time since I did this regularly. Oh, wow. um, and so then in December when I, uh, was in my sister-in-law, now sister-in-law's wedding. Um, I tripped, well not tripped, I fell, cause there was nothing that tripped me. Mm -hmm. Everybody thought I was nervous cause it was my favorite brother getting married and they're mm -hmm. like, oh, you're about to lose your favorite brother. <laughs> yeah, it turns out you don't lose them completely, whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, <laughs> everybody thought I was, and I'm like, no, there's just something kind of wrong with my legs and I kind of fall down, but um, the bride's father catches me. And so I'm like, okay. And I just end up taking off my, and they weren't high heels, they were about, they were kitten heels like an inch. Mm -hmm. So I was relatively embarrassed, but I ended up leaning a lot on the guy, my godbrother who I was walking down the aisle with, but walking with no shoes. It was a really long dress, so mm -hmm. nobody was able to see me, but I do still think I messed up the wedding video. Um, that was the first visible sign. Mm -hmm. um, I was going, I think I went to the physician like twice before that, but it's hard to explain something that isn't happening. I'm like, hey, my left leg just got really tired all of a sudden. He's like, move your leg, and I'm able to move it. And I'm like, okay, it's not what happened last time. Or it's like, it's like this muscle right here pointing to invisible things because if it is a neurological, it's not muscular. So pointing to where my muscles are still strong at the time wasn't necessarily helpful. Yeah. And um, then in January, things made sense because I'm like, okay, I was still going to see that same physician. Mm -hmm. I hope he's doing well. If he has children, I hope his whole family is just well because um, it doesn't make sense to be mad at him for anything. Um, but he was saying, okay, your back is hurting now because now it's offsetting all of the things that your left leg is supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. You should be doing these workouts. And when I see myself unable to do these workouts, of course, I'm not going to tell anybody mm -hmm. because like, who, why am I unable to do that has to like do... six inches? That's yeah. more so just me and my personality, kind yeah. of an arrogance of sorts of pride. But did that also has to do with the stereotypes, the fact that... Uh, Are you can hear yourself? Black people? Many, yeah. In, in our culture, we don't want to go... Black people are not comfortable going 
seeking help because also the fact that they are we usually our experience is not very good in, at the hospital now when looking back i'm like oh yeah i think i sent an email or two like this is what you could have done better this is what you did because um i think so even because he had ended up recommending me to a neurologist mm -hmm. who told me i'm like neurologist mm. and all the signs i presented technically the emergency doctor and i saw the emergency room doctor probably like three or four weeks after I saw the neurologist mm -hmm. and who couldn't even guess what I had to tell me the physician I was seeing before was already right. I don't know. But yeah, she uh, could have got more than a piece of my mind if I wanted to give it to her, but mm -hmm. I just wanted to give her instead a kind email and tell her why. Uh, I think that she could have done things differently but yeah, that mm -hmm. also, but then in my family, we have like a joke, so Haitian origin. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, go lay under a ja, which is it's just a blanket. So mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you fell down. And I remember even get as a kid, and try again. Yeah. not even get up and try again. It's just like, okay, we can't, or it's like, oh, I need a ja. Like something's wrong. It's like, I just need to lay under a blanket for like yeah. 15, 20 minutes and mm -hmm. I could get back up and going again. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just like, okay. Okay, all I need to do is just lay down and recover. And so I'm like, okay, so I grew up a little bit, so maybe it's not the comfort of the blanket is just a little bit different, but what are those things? And I think that's the part where I begin to blame myself and say, okay, Ami, what is self-care? What can self-care look like? How are you treating your classes? How are you doing this? Mm -hmm. Which is what I was coming more so into. I thought that the pageant, my fall semester, would be the answer to how I could like myself more mm -hmm. or how I could um, be more confident in terms of if I'm trying to develop this self-love, I have to understand who I'm loving mm -hmm. or who I think everybody can love. But yeah, I think this whole time I'm looking for pieces within myself for how I can answer this thing when part of it is truly a medical condition. I said, okay, um, how do I, um, I guess this goes back to me and my friend in the room. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is the case. What do we do from here? And I told myself, don't Google nothing. Because, you know, you already <laughs> think you're going to die. And now you're just going to confirm it if you Google it. Um, I'm like, even losing where we were to begin with, it was more so, what was the buildup like? Or I'm trying to remember your question. Like, the fact that uh, we don't want to go to the hospital. Oh, no, not that part. Yeah. The one before that. The one that I had started talking about before. Oh, how hard? Okay, I guess the next question is how hard was that transition? The transition. Okay, from but that's dating. a good flow because yeah. I'm like I can't remember where I started. <laughs> no, with. it's fine. Um, but okay, so then I'm in the hospital. They said multiple fluorosis, but they still even after the emergency room night. They, this is the three weeks. Um, the three week period. Because mm -hmm. at first I just still have a lot of pain, and we're destabilizing the pain, so I'm connected to an IV, and I am. I gave my nurses a rough time, I think, that first week. Mm -hmm. Even though some of the nurses were giving me a rough time in general. I mean, it's a life-changing. It's life-changing. Yeah. And something I did not want to do was sit down and brush my teeth. Because mm -hmm. who does that? <laughs> it's like me every morning now. But, like, why would you sit down and brush your teeth when you, you stand up and brush your teeth? Mm -hmm. This lady is telling me, you need to sit down. And I'm like, mm, no, I need to stand up. And it was really... I, I wonder the fly on the wall mm -hmm. now, <laughs> what was it seeing? Because um, I'm like, I was doing 
some kind of balancing act, trying mm -hmm. to stand up and brush my teeth. But I was like, I want to keep that since apparently my life might completely change. Mm -hmm. But if anything isn't going to change, it's going to be me standing up and brushing my teeth. And I'm like, now look, I'm like, I don't know why that meant the world to me that evening, but it really did. Um, and I'm pretty sure that was probably the first night. But just over time, it's I see me always coming up against this me versus my old self. It was a whole me versus me mm -hmm. um, kind of thing. And I'm like, okay. Um, which wasn't necessarily healthy because even after, so one week stabilizing the pain, two weeks of physical therapy, occupational therapy, mm -hmm. speech therapy, um, because turns out speech therapy is not only for <laughs> talking, it's for uh, anything, things to do with swallowing, things to do with pronunciation and Speech language pathology is what they actually call it. They mm -hmm. would just shorten it to speech, I guess, to keep wow. it short. Um, but um, those therapies, social worker, counselor, at first I'm like, this is just weird. Um, and I don't really know how to navigate the medical things. What I did know is that I'm assigning my name because I don't want my medical bills to be in my mom's name. I don't regret that now. I just a lot of call from collection agencies <laughs> that realize I need to graduate if I'm ever going to make money to mm -hmm. ever truly try and pay back all these medical bills that apparently I have now. Mm -hmm. um, but leaving the hospital, I think, was um, interesting because when I left, I was I had a chair rental from the hospital. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, but I'm going to probably borrow this chair for a month. And um, they're like, okay, we're going to give you this in-home therapy th team and I'm really grateful now that I think about it because I would have no idea what to do about my own health. I didn't even think that my health was a thing that mm -hmm. now ugh, I hate that I'm like embarrassed because I'm like everybody should take care of themselves but I didn't realize that health was a category on its own like studying for classes mm -hmm. is or like academics like that your own health is a category that you should be paying attention to not even a category because it's yourself so I'm not mad at myself because this is something I think a lot of my contemporaries and I um, struggle with is understanding that, you know, health is wealth, essentially. Health is, um, what is that? You can't be your best self if you can't be, uh, what is it? If you're not healthy. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I'm like thinking of um, a mentor told me, she said, um, you can't do your best work if you're not your best self. And I said, oh, this is crazy. But that best self, we never think of it as the most healthy and strong and um Strong not because we are like weightlifting all the time, but because we're just taking care of our bodies and minds. Mm -hmm. We think of it as the self that has won all these things, the self that like everybody can love when it's like, no, 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 take it back, take it back. The this self, self that can keep that smile. This best self, yes, is, has joy uh, mm -hmm. for a reason, not even for a reason, just has joy and mm -hmm. um, has like love and is eating three meals a day, not three meals a day, but is eating enough <laughs> to where they, they're, they're able to put forth that brain energy required for the other things that they do. Mm -hmm. um, and so I leave the hospital thinking, okay, I'm gonna be out this chair in three weeks. I don't even know what's going on, but I guess I have this team that I'm taking home with me since they started coming to my dorm room and whatnot. Um, there was a lot of frustration, my roommate and I, Hey girl, if you ever listen to this, <laughs> uh, we got along, but um, it was difficult from a standpoint of consideration. It was no. 
And I know, and I mean, and Jester wasn't very helpful. Like my chair didn't fit into the restroom. Mm -hmm. God help us all. Um, like my chair didn't fit into the restroom and then the hospital gave me, so my chair right now is 16 by 16 and I'm sitting pretty comfortably. Um, but it was 22 inches by 22 inches because it's the only one the hospital had. Mm -hmm. So my arms are like this, I'm like rolling in this big chair, can barely fit in my room. Just, just a lot of different things that were frustrating me. Mm -hmm. And then I get this team of white women who I love today, but at first I was just kind of like, why can't you all mind your own business? But it's like, well, because I'm paying you not, I'm paying you to mind mine, mm -hmm. technically. Um, but my physical therapist, my occupational therapist, um, speech therapist and social worker and it was just like okay I need to schedule appointments with you all mm -hmm. all the time as well as schedule appointments with myself to study mm -hmm. and to like try to be present and just different things and with the standard wheelchair hill country Austin mm -hmm. I just stopped going places because I was too prideful to ask somebody to give me a push mm -hmm. um, just all these moving parts so it was a really hard transition um, because like I often do I'm always fighting up against what I think is supposed to be the case yeah. like life is supposed to be fair I'm supposed to be happy good things are supposed to happen to me and because none of that was going on I'm like wait and, and it was persisting like okay I thought I was gonna not need this chair in three weeks mm -hmm. or I thought this is not gonna be the case um, why is it still the case mm -hmm. and then when I reach that why um, the more and more questions you ask yourself, the more it's kind of like circling the drain. Because yeah. especially when you ask questions that have no answer, I'm like, why? What? Instead of saying, well, where can I take responsibility? You know, it's like uh, the only thing you can really yeah. control is your attitude. Mm -hmm. I thought I lost control of everything. Wow. Yeah. That's 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 the thing. That's attitude. Yeah. I think I think one of the biggest. Uh, the most disabling thing is attitude. So that was I'm guessing that was your your that's the worst wall that you were thrown into. It was very dark and I can't even begin to imagine how hard it was to climb out of that. Right. But you're able to regain your smile, which was the most important thing. I never seen you a day where you wasn't smiling, mm -hmm. even the first time I saw you uh, in the wheelchair. I'm trying to think, you do you remember when the first time you saw me in the wheelchair was? It was in here. Oh. At this year library, you came with Shanice Denson. Yeah, because... You came in the room, I think it was two or three weeks. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, but it, it was people like Shanice... Um, a uh, good friend of mine, Ashley, a good friend of mine, Lauren, uh, Kaylin, McGuire, people who just reminded me um, that there is something to smile about. Um, and I think, because, I don't know, I'm a friendly person, but I'm, a lot of people people get su surprised. I don't know, an extroverted introvert is mm -hmm. to, I know it's a spectrum, but I know I value time alone, mm -hmm. but I also know I don't mind speaking in front of a crowd. People don't make me uncomfortable. Sometimes I can't get energy from people, mm -hmm. but in general, I'm, uh, I've always felt like I've been, uh, <laughs> you know how people say, jack of all trades, master of none. Mm -hmm. I've always been really good at a lot of people knowing me, but mm -hmm. never having very, like, known by a lot of people, but not truly known That's by. Yeah. 
minis. I've always got my circle small, but that circle, I think, uh, really poured into me energy that I was able to sustain or be able to smile about because it's like, I don't think I ever truly forgot that life was good. Even mm -hmm. though I would like to say, I mean, bro, you totally did. Or um, that fake it till you make it, um, making it more, the understanding that the word is That's not real. fake. If I don't know, because I'm like, there's something really genuine about a smile, even mm -hmm. on the days that are hardest for me. So it's like, I mean, but your life totally sucks right now. Why? What are you smiling about? I don't think that's fake to smile. Mm -hmm. So maybe if we came up with a better concept, but very much adjacent to fake it till you make it, mm -hmm. what does it look like to at least be able to um, present something and meaningfully desire this to be a reality for me? Mm -hmm. I think is part of the reason why. And I'm like, of course, I'm a smile when I come coming to see you because I'm like. I'm like, no, I've always been, I don't know how to describe me and my smiling, because mm -hmm. I know I've been smiling for a long time, but I'm not going to lie, until I, I got back from this summer, is mm -hmm. the first time I noticed how much I enjoy my own smile, mm -hmm. or most the, this when I could say, oh, this is a thing that smiling at other people is something I do for myself also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I still got to untangle that one, because I really don't know. But I know I've always been positive, and I know in order to be positive, you're not always optimistic. Mm -hmm. um, but you are knowing that um, life, life is good. Mm -hmm. And I forgot your question again, because apparently that's also an MS symptom, to just be able to... No, that's amazing. I think you answered it. I think you answered it. I answered it. Good to that. <laughs> so you grew, up, you, grew up, you grew up in Haiti. Right. No, I grew up in the United States. You grew up in the United States, but yes. you were born in Haiti? No, I was born in the United States. Okay. Only my first three siblings were born, were born in Haiti. In Haiti. Okay. So, um, but you still I have the culture, the Haitian culture. At home, for sure. I yeah. like the food and um, the language. I wish I spoke it better, but I'm over here single lingual. My dad was like, oh, we kind of expected it to, um, what's it called? Pyramid? To... to yeah, I said, no, yeah. it didn't. Um, but now my dad's like, I, I still understand a lot. And when my cousins come into town, mm -hmm. like they came in high school and I was able to be their translator for teachers and mm -hmm. stuff. So I don't think I'm going to make it a point to pick up the language and spend a good amount of time there. Um, everyone always says, well, well, politics or recovery, things like that. But I think um, my dad and I will make a trip together mm -hmm. in the near, near future. future. Uh, I think the year that we were really considering going was the year the earthquake happened. Mm -hmm. um, and it's hard to plan a family trip with uh, 12 kids, yeah. 13 kids. That's crazy. Um, what's, stuff. what's one thing uh, your parents or your family told you that helped you during this struggle with MS? This <laughs> um, I'm not going to... Or I don't say this to... I'm trying to think of something in the moment because at the time I was about to say nothing, but it, that's definitely not the case. But mm -hmm. I forgot I was the 12th child mm -hmm. of 13 because I think we've all developed a very independent, like we're all very different from each other, which mm -hmm. is just such a surprise. I mean, I think we all tried to act like each other, mm -hmm. but then understood that we're, we're just different from each other. But it was an opportunity to have a longer, deeper conversation with all of my siblings now mm -hmm. that things are becoming about me. So I was thinking, but not really thinking. I'm like, okay, this is kind of a good thing because mm -hmm. now I have some attention and I never really cared for much attention. Mm -hmm. um, but um, 
didn't realize how important it could be until I realized, okay, because so Haitian culture, it's technically your responsibility mm -hmm. to um, call everybody who might care about you that's older than you mm -hmm. and tell them their condition. Same. <laughs> that I did not understand because I said, I'm going to call whoever I know is going to be here soon mm -hmm. or I'm going to call um, who I think, or if I look at my call log recently, it's like, okay, these are the people I'm going to call. And so it's a little bit of tension mm -hmm. in that area. It's like, oh, said cousin is mad that you didn't call them and let them know. And I said, oh, did they know which hospital room I was staying in? <laughs> or could they have called me? Or how about they call mama and ask them to tell her to tell me to call them? Mm -hmm. And there's just so much uh, in the middle. I was Why do you have to call? <laughs> exactly. I was like, is my hand even feel like, does it feel like moving today? Is it not strapped down today to an IV and things of that nature? But that was more so pride because I know at the heart of it all is love. Mm -hmm. um, and I was able to reconcile some of those arguments. But in general, when one of my brothers, I guess I got seven of them, told another one of my brothers that, oh, I didn't call because um, we hadn't been talking anyways. And this is how I feel about him. I was like, wow, you snitch. Like, <laughs> why did you do that? You know, tell, he could have called me and told me. And so my brother's like, oh, can you please call this other brother? Mm -hmm. And the more I, when I look back at it, I'm just like, wow, this is really me being able to mend my relationships with each of my siblings mm -hmm. and really um, get into the nitty gritty that we've been trying to avoid for mm -hmm. so long. Not mm -hmm. for so long, but... It's easy to avoid because we're all growing up. Mm -hmm. I have nine nieces and nephews. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, wow. you got family, wife, kids. Don't worry about me. And me and you, we don't got to like each other. So they're going to die. I'm like, actually, that doesn't make sense at all. But mm -hmm. it's easy to lose that between your academic schedule, your workout schedule, things of that nature. And But it was a good opportunity to really um, understand that your family is truly, a, well, my family is my tribe. And, um, these people have my back. And I remember this one nurse saying, she's like, it's a party in your room every time. Because after the first week, um, or after the first couple of days, my mom came, mm -hmm. my mom and dad came, and then like a sister came, and then brother came. So it's like twos and threes, but I'm like, one, two, three, four, five, mm -hmm. six, seven, eight. Eight of my siblings were able to come in and out of the hospital. And in three weeks' time, eight visitors is a, that were staying multiple days is more than enough. And this one nurse was like, you're just, your room is all, this one oh, nurse, I was sure I had a crush on my brother, but I'm like, could you leave us alone? Um, and one of my brothers, his wife was a nurse. And mm -hmm. so when she was like, oh, she wants to go outside. I'm going to take her outside. They're like, oh, no, you have to be like a nurse. Here. And she's like, oh, I am a nurse. Here's my stuff. And I said, yep, yeah, you heard my sister, because my sister-in-law mm -hmm. is a nurse, and we're about to go outside, okay? Thank you very much. And so <laughs> it was really nice to be able to say, okay, let's do that. One of my brothers, he told me, um, um, I know this is a hard situation, because the question was, because I'm like, it comes back to me every now and then, what I was supposed to be talking about with the things that they said. One of my brothers, he told me, he's like, I'm really, um, of all my sisters, I thought I'm happy, but I know that if anybody could um, face this, it's you. I know that. Um, and I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, I don't really know what that says. I don't really know what I'm about to face, but the more I face and the more I learn from you it, I was like, it. wow, this is, this is, this is cool. Um, my dad, he had bought me a bunch of roses, and he was like, 
I brought you roses and uh, I want you to know that I know that roses are red and red is um, means vitality um, and um, I'm like don't know today what the word means, but Becca, he tells me. <laughs> I looked it up and I said, okay. And I know vitality is something to do with the consistency. Mm. And I um, was taking that as consistent strength. And um, my dad was saying Lasting that. longer. Yeah. Yes, lasting longer. Thank you. Mm. That's <laughs> For, amazing. That's so and so cool. my dad said, oh, and that's why I'm bringing this. Um, my mom, she was she's very nurturing, as per usual, as mothers can be. So... It was um, always the hopeful, like, mm -hmm. okay, we know this is the case, but we know it can get better. Mm -hmm. And at first, like, individually, everybody was kind of probably annoying me. Mm -hmm. But when I take it as an aggregate, I'm like, okay, this was essential to be able to look back and see all of these things as coming from one source versus trying to consider that person, their personality, the reason why I might mm -hmm. not like them in this season of my life and mm -hmm. whatnot um, was um, less helpful than saying, Wow, I'm so grateful for all the pieces of my family that came in was this one great difference. Mm -hmm. um, even throughout that time, it's like, oh, okay, I need... And I'm like, at some point, I was just being like regular college lazy, not even... But I, I took MS as a good excuse because I'm like, oh, now that you're looking at me, mm -hmm. you might as well give me a hug also. Or <laughs> you might as well buy my groceries next week. So I'm like, oh, you're acting like a brat. But it's like, oh, I'll just take this moment. Because at the heart of it, I think um, my family, a big thing is acts of service. Yeah. And um, acts of service, and I'm trying to think of our main love languages that we do between each other. Um, but acts of service is one of the biggest ones to say, um, like, it's a good thing to say, like, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Mm -hmm. Or, like, um, your family is here for you, and we are going to face these mountains and whatnot mm -hmm. with you. Um, so just that togetherness really came about through um, this. And so all my siblings can actively say, I'm like, oh, I've driven to Austin so many times. And I'm like, yes, you have. Uh, thank you. Uh, mm -hmm. Because I don't know really what it means to you in the aggregate, but to me, I'm like, okay, love. this is this is this is love. This is what we've done in this in this specific corner. So, love That's my family amazing. for that. That's amazing. Fun. It's a good time. So you came to the University of Texas. Uh, you go Let's to the University on. of Texas, and when you got here, as you said, you didn't know you were one uh, unicorn out of so many different people. And you were, uh, as a black person, as a woman, right. what were some mountains you had to overcome to, to be able to fit in this university, to feel like this is home? How far have you came along? Okay, when I came in, I didn't think I was a unicorn. I thought I could be yeah. a robot. Or even though I was a unicorn, mm -hmm. I was wanting to be more robotic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, or even whatever divine entity I believed in, I was like... Why do I have free will? Why am I not just a robot, like a senseless machine where I could get things done? Get th like, because technically perfectionism doesn't exist, but I wanted to be perfect and I wanted things to be perfect. And I understood that I myself could never get to that point because I'm far too human for that. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to just be less human. And I think in that I was working against seeing myself as this unicorn, as this special person mm -hmm. um, because I just wanted to 
I want it to succeed and not the little squiggly line, mm -hmm. the straight one, the point A to point B versus mm -hmm. how success actually looks. You know that, that mm -hmm. picture I'm thinking of? Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny how bad I wanted that straight line. I wanted to be tunneled, um, but even coming in, uh, beyond my own self, seeing how the system can work against you or seeing how um, things weren't naturally built for you. Or I'm like, so in high school, pre-AP classes didn't always have a lot of um, black students, mm -hmm. but it was like more so three to 30 versus three to 300. Yeah. And so it was overwhelming when I got to the university and I said, okay, I remember, I will never forget, doing this calculus problem on the board that I knew the answer to. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know I had an active medical tremor yet, but uh, my hand was shaking so bad. The lines I drew, because I had to draw X and Y axis, I can't remember which graph this is what, but we're reviewing trigonometry, so mm -hmm. I know the answer to this question, but the line is just the most crooked line you've ever seen. And I was like so nervous. My teacher's like, yeah, that's the right answer. And I'm like, okay. Thank you, I'm glad, but I was just so embarrassed, so nervous because I'm like, I'm the only black person in here. Because by then, some of the black students had already left. I wasn't even the last to go because I ended up dropping the class in mm -hmm. December. I already took it in the spring and got a B plus. That's all that matters, I'm mm -hmm. snaps to you. Yeah. But uh, at the time, I was just so nervous that I, I was canceling myself. You know, stereotype yeah, threat. Yeah, yeah, um, you feel like everybody thinks that you're that. dumb, I you thought, don't know what's Yeah, I thought everybody was out to get me in some ways, which of course, not some people are, but some systems are, some, some things are in nature, not created for you. And coming into that um, as a freshman was hard. And I also felt, I felt very stiff very alone in terms of I'm like everybody looks like they know what they're doing mm -hmm. except for me um, I leaned into certain groups but didn't necessarily find a place where I felt like I could just stay mm -hmm. so I ended up paying a lot of money for dues mm -hmm. I couldn't even tell you that I remember today but it looked good on the surface and so mm -hmm. I'm like okay as long as my resume is still gonna be full by the end of this year and whatnot I guess I'll still be able to move on but I was running up against all these challenges that I didn't want to admit or didn't want to even, um, I wanted to pretend like they didn't exist because I didn't want that to be the case for me. Mm -hmm. And so I did not really appreciate my personhood in my freshman year because I was really wanting to be something or somebody else, mm -hmm. not somebody else, I just wish that I could be more like other people. And you said fit in, and I just, I was reading Daring Greatly by Brene Brown, finished it. But the fact of the matter is, the goal I learned, and my freshman year, the goal was to fit in. Mm -hmm. But that shouldn't be the goal because fitting in just means you begin to act like everybody else. Mm -hmm. Where belonging is just saying that I like being here, or I feel like I belong here. And so freshman year was this, big wave to try to fit in mm -hmm. like, let's fit in on me where can we fit in what is that and i never understood it was about a sense of belonging until the next semester where i began coming into myself and pre-ms blah 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 what's your advice on to, to to people to young girls like you coming into college to belong ah uh, um 
This is a hard one because they have so many feelings and emotions attached. Yeah. So I can give you a blanket statement, but I know it's going to require your emotions and the events going on in your life to line up with it too. But um, I would say learn to think for yourself. Mm -hmm. Ugh, that's a hard one. Um, learn to leave the table when mm -hmm. love is no longer being served. I got that from Nina Simone. But it's just like, you know, you can hang out with people that you think you like, but those laughs, those moments, those human moments that you have together mm -hmm. will never truly be genuine if you don't feel like you can love and be loved. Yeah. And But you don't want to leave that table because this is where the popular girls are sitting mm -hmm. or this is like you're getting attention, but it's like... There, look, the world is big. They're, they're yes. going to be like, the world is big. The world wow. is big. And there are n a number of people who will love you, who mm -hmm. can love you, who you will be able to love back. So that learn to leave the table when love is no longer being served, I think is a big deal. Because it's just like, if you don't even want to eat at that table, what are you doing there? Because you know something's not right. Yeah. So listen to that voice inside of you. Um, and run. <laughs> and run. And run. I'm like, I wish, I don't wish it, but I wish that we could. I'm like, I don't want to not be PC. Mm -hmm. Did you see Bird Box? The no, movie? I heard about it. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But <laughs> I just thought the ending was so beautiful mm -hmm. when the only place that was safe was mm -hmm. the people, um, it was a blind community, a community mm -hmm. of individuals who were blind. And I'm like, crazy but imagine um the power that they have mm -hmm. mentally um when i'm just like oh you're not worried about you like you know how because like who's humans, looking at you yes you or who you're about. looking at like yeah. you know it's like oh i only want my friends to look like this or like i'm just like <sighs> you don't care how you look I see i'm like if you saying. could if you could somehow embody that mentally if i could have done that my freshman year i think that would have been extraordinarily helpful mm -hmm. yeah i say it's so not politically correct because i don't really understand where i'm headed to with mm -hmm. those thoughts in my head in general but to be to be um i'm like i feel offensive Mm -hmm. To even say it, but to be able to be like blind to particular mm -hmm. aesthetics or blind to particular things. Because I love, I love having, I, I'm, I'm grateful for my eyes and my vision and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, I think it could be awful, powerful. And it's almost a goal of mine to not be indifferent, but to be able to make my own decisions. To, yes, to, to know what I like and what I don't like, but not based off of things that I've seen from other people and whatnot. So you I said I would about, tell young women yeah. for sure. You talked about uh, the the world is big. Oh, so you big. grew up in a you grew up in a very in a humble beginning from humble beginnings uh, with a large family. And yeah. you had everything you needed but <laughs> you didn't have all the things, <sighs> right? But now you have the opportunity to get your passport and travel the world the way you want to. This is crazy. What is, what is the biggest thing you learned from traveling? How did your mind change okay. throughout the world? This is a hard one to admit, but turns out I am not right all the time. Mm -hmm. It's a hard one to tell myself the most. But I'm <laughs> like, yeah, I know. I think we all want to think that we're right all the time. Mm -hmm. 
I was talking to a friend and he was like, nah, it's just like, I don't like to be, I don't like to be wrong. And I'm like, technically, this is the same side of the same yeah. coin. Okay. <laughs> but then I believe what I said, okay, maybe that's a little different because at least you're not coming from the perspective that you already think you're right. You just hope that your idea is not wrong. But anyways, I just was so sure. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I flinched because I'm like, not that I'm not sure of myself, but I was so sure that my small, very, 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 very small, little, whatever I had going on mm. in my head was so certain that I didn't realize that I was boxing in. Uh, we say think outside of the box, y'all. It's not even a box that we got to think outside of. It's just, it's really our own mind sometimes. Mm. Um, and so, so to be able to do that as our not even to be able to do it, because I said Ami, instead of thinking outside of the box, because we know um, I think I'm right all the time, mm -hmm. just like try to, um, a good friend of mine shared it. She said, you know, to love is to witness without judging. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, she got it out of another book that can't come to mind right now. Mm -hmm. um, so that was, that was my biggest thing that I learned, was that um, I'm not right all the time. Mm -hmm. That's Which good. is not a bad thing. Yeah, uh, it's, it's an opportunity to learn and love and grow. Exactly. You you never know that you. Sometime when you know that you don't know everything, you get to, you get more motivation, you get more inspiration to go out there and learn more, right? For sure. And one thing we talked about is the idea that people who don't who knows that they don't know everything thinks that they know nothing because they know there are so many things to learn. Right. But people who don't know that they don't know everything thinks that they know everything and then boom, it's just hard to have a conversation <laughs> with them. Oh. Crazy, but yes. Yeah. And in many ways, that's where part of my personhood was at. It's just like, oh yeah, I know this and that's good. And I'm like, oh my goodness, mm -hmm. I know nothing. I know nothing. I know nothing. And it's the part where I, it's a rich nothing, a curious nothing. Yeah. Just a, a nothing that is not saying, oh, well, then you're an idiot or you aren't smart enough. But it's like, oh, now it's, it's a good kind of nothing. nothing. And I know a lot that of... That could be a title of a book, you know. I think it is, most likely, because somebody said, I know one thing, and it's mm -hmm. that I know nothing. I said, that's a funny one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it could have been Plato. can't remember. Mm -hmm. But then one of, uh, he's a Somali rapper. His mm -hmm. name is Kanan. He said, and I was thinking, of, I was listening to this album the whole time I was traveling through, mm -hmm. um, uh, what, where was that? Eurasia and Israel, things of that nature. And he said, any man who knows a thing knows, he knows not a damn, damn thing at all. Wow. I just never really understood that verse. But then I said, oh, wait, this is making so much sense to me. I don't, I don't. Wow. I said, well, maybe I'm onto something because wow. I think I know a thing, okay? Wow. <laughs> so, Repeat that again. Repeat that question. Any man who knows a thing knows he knows not a damn, damn thing at all. So there you have it, people. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Mamba Inspire You Are Not Alone podcast. We have another great story next episode. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Twitter, and Instagram for updates. Look up Mamba Inspire. <laughs>